Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 137 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 140 through 143, where Ulika just wants you to tear off your little fingernails, Illumi can make a zombie army using needles, and Granny Butler can turn into a motorcycle. Yeah, just showing you that grannies and butlers are more than meets the eye. Old women, more, more than, than meets, meets the, the eye. eye. She's a cycle, more than meets the eye. <laughs> Let's jump in. episodes are wild so you have been watching uh the the demon devil devil's part-timer huh yep it is really good um i have two updates this week from previous monday episodes uh so strap in peeps um so first and foremost i have been watching devil as a part-timer uh it is really really good um it makes me straight up laugh uh which is very difficult sometimes for me to get to to make me do inside of anime also uh, I don't know how far you got in it, but I'm in episode nine and things are getting wild. Damn. Um, so it's, it's getting, it's, it's really fun. And it's one of those anime that I'm like, I'm like, this is a popcorn anime in the truest sense where it's just like, you can just keep on watching this if you want something that's, just, you know, fun and light and candy. Um, so the other update I have is that I watch more B stars. <laughs> Because somebody wrote us on uh, after I posted that we did a review of B stars on um, on Reddit, and they got into a little bit of a uh, a flame war with me, um, saying that they we couldn't say anything about B stars because we only watched the first couple of episodes, um, which is exactly what our Monday pod is. But whatever, um, and they also got mad because we referred to it as Zootopia. And uh, let me just throw a two things here real quick. First and foremost, the reason we refer to it as Zootopia is because we don't watch a lot of anthropomorphic animal shows, and Zootopia is an easy reference for people to make reference to. I do agree that it is a very different show than the movie Zootopia that is put out by Disney. They're very different for obvious reasons. Um, I think the biggest thing about it, though, is that we were just making reference to anthropomorphic monster, no, or no, no, monsters. No, 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 no. No, it's definitely different than Zootopia, but it also stars a male dog-like protagonist. One's a wolf, one's a fox. It also stars a female rabbit protagonist. They're both rabbits. And they both lean heavily on racism allegories based around whether you eat meat or vegetables. Those are very similar. The series are not similar in many other key ways, Obviously, they're super different, and obviously, we're just joking that it is literally anime <laughs> Zootopia, but, like, they are strikingly similar. So, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. 
I will say that the thing about the show that is the most interesting part to me is the um, is the whole not being able to figure out who is the murderer sort of thing. Um, I I think that that is still somewhat intriguing. Um, I think the show sort of loses me an additional time in the fact that somebody was just like the further you get into it, the more like a shonen it becomes, and the fighting becomes really cool. Mm-hmm. And I watch the fighting and it's okay and i was just like uh i was not blown away with the fight sequences there is this thing where they're going like bestial and i was just like oh shit they're gonna like learn superpowers and use superpower things yeah but instead going bestial just means that they fight more like a beast and less like a human um and they bite things instead of not biting things um and i was not super impressed by it and here's the reason why i'm I'm additionally not super impressed by this show. <clears throat> Number one, it doesn't click any boxes for me. It additionally didn't click very many boxes for me. And I watched the whole of the first season. Um, two, um, it also did not catch me because I was not interested in the love uh, the love sequence. Um, I was not, I'm not a huge fan of the main, uh, protagonist character. Um, he's interesting, but I, I'm not super into their love story. Um, and number three, this is probably the biggest thing that sort of started to turn me off about the show the most is that I've harped many, 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 many times about how I do not like CGI inside of anime. And this show does a very interesting thing where it's CGI that sort of looks like animation. And when that is done well in some sequences, it looks pretty cool. And in most of the other show, it looks not great. And in the in the especially in the sense where it's just like the 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 animals' mouths are uh, mouths are moving and it does not seem to match the flap with the Japanese uh, with the Japanese original language that is put on top of it, which if you're watching something with dubs, you're just like, I accept that the mouth flaps are not going, always going to line up because it is very difficult to make the mouth flaps line up all the time. But when you're matching the original show with the original language, it should be better. And it really bothered me that it wasn't in the same way that something like the dragon prince, which is on uh, net, not a sponsor right now also bothered me. The Dragon Pin the Dragon Prince is a very good show on Net Not a Sponsor, and the only thing that turns me off about it is those two things that I talked about inside of B Stars. However, in B Stars, they are more pronounced on both fronts. And the anime fighting style inside of Dragon Prince is better in that show. So what I'm getting at here is that Beastars is still a pass for me. It is a hard pass. I gave yeah, it a full season. I don't think it's I'm bad. It. It's just not for us. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to like poo-poo it to the sense where I'm just like, you know what? It's terrible. You shouldn't go watch it. If you're into those kind of things, you might like it. But here's the thing. It's not for everybody. And I don't think that it is for everybody, especially after watching a full season, giving it a full shot. Yeah. Here, and- here's two other things. In our review, we said this. Like, we both... You know, we both talked about how it was intriguing, but not enough that it was going to hold our attention. And there were elements that we liked, but a lot of elements that we didn't like. But we did not think those elements were bad. They just were things that don't do it for us. 
we've gotten this res- rep- response. This is really turning into a grievance session, so that wasn't planned. But you know, <laughs> s- people have said this before about our reviews. And they're like, if you like something, stop talking shit about it. And like, no, if you like something, then you see the flaws in it because you want that thing to be perfect. It's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, falling in love in high school where that person has no faults because you're crazy for them, regardless of what faults they have. Like nothing is perfect. Pointing out the flaws doesn't mean you don't like it. And even if something has like objectively bad flaws, like Naruto has has enforced pacing problems that come from the format of making a weekly anime try to match a weekly manga. It's kind of out of their hands, but they still did it. And it is still sort of like intentionally making the show worse by messing with the pacing to solve a problem that is external to the show. Like that's a valid criticism. It doesn't mean that Naruto is bad. It does mean that some moments in Naruto are bad or ruined by that choice, even though those moments out outside of that context are great. Or like those moments in the manga are great or whatever, but like giving something criticism doesn't mean that you don't like it. Uh, and if you like something doesn't mean you can't criticize that thing. Also, if we don't like a thing like B stars and we criticize it, you can still like it. And we went to great pains to say this about B stars. So sorry, this person got very upset with us and they're probably more upset with us now. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, <laughs> if you are, you can, you're free to feel that way, but you, yep. that is predicated largely on a misunderstanding of how we're appro- approaching this. And the idea that if you like a thing, everyone else should too, which I understand. Cause I sometimes get that way. But, you know, it's just not true, and it's ne- never going to be true, and uh, this is not an instance where that is true at all. Um, also, yeah. part of their critique of our review was that we can't review something based on the first couple of episodes. And that's absurd on its face. Like, there, you know, you can review a game after playing the first three hours of it, even if it's a 30-hour campaign. You can review a show after watching the first few episodes of it, even if it's, you know, a multi-season show. Hell, this Beastars, we both watched three episodes. That's 25% of the show. If we don't have a handle on what it's offering us at 25% of the way through, then that's more of a problem on the way it's presenting itself than on the idea of watching the first, like the opening salvo of a show where it introduces itself to you and reacting to that introduction. And it's true. I'm going to use Naruto as an example here also. Naruto, the first seven or so episodes, are largely comedic. They are mostly focused on who this character is in the town and on how the fact that he is a troublemaker and sort of like an oaf. And the the show as a whole is about sweet-ass ninja battles. And so if you watch the first couple of episodes of Naruto, then you're probably not going to get it. There's an, uh, another good example is the American version of The Office. The first season is six episodes. You could watch a couple of those, feel like it's not for you. You could watch the whole first season, feel like it's not for you. But it turns out that in the second season and on, the writers changed the way that they were writing the show and the way that they were writing the characters. And so season two and onward feel different because they made changes. So yeah, it's valid if you come at us and you're like, hey, there's a thing in the show, like in Beastars, where it becomes more shonen later on and you missed that. It is not valid to say you didn't get far enough in the show so you can't review it at all. Like, that's just not true. If the show wants us to think a thing, it should show us that thing in a reasonable amount of time. We spent an hour on this. 
Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those it's one of those things where at the end of the day, like, you know, everybody's able to to validate their opinion, especially online. Um, but when when talking to somebody, especially me um, on online, if you ask me to do something and give something more of a fair shot, most of the time I'm either going to say um, yes, because I like to go further into things and I consume a lot of media. So consuming more media and talking about it is fine with me. But after that, if my opinion remains the same, like, I'm sorry, it's just it's just the way that it is. And I'm sorry if it's not your perfect thing, but at the end of the day as well, it's like those people that are just like, if you remake something, it ruins it. It doesn't. It just means that there is a new version of it that you don't like, and that is it. That yeah, is the they, end of this sentence. <laughs> they they kind of get into this on Explain the X-Men as well, where it's like, oh, retcons ruined this character. And it's like, no, that character still exists the way they were before the retcon and you can just go back and read all the stuff before the retcon and ignore the retcon like experience it how you want not everybody has to agree with you and if we don't agree with you we we've been doing a really we've been doing a lot of work on these monday shows especially to talk about these things in positive ways when we don't like them we try really hard to think about who could like them and then suggest in our reviews that if you are that kind of person, if you like X or Y, you should check this out, even if it didn't do it for us. Uh, so, you know, that's going to keep happening. I think we're a little hotter than we intended to be here. But just because, you know, I don't know, this has come up a few times recently where people are just like misunderstanding the way that we're presenting things. And that's frustrating because we're not trying to shit on stuff unless it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And... <laughs> Uh, and also, I guess, Hunter x Hunter. So maybe that's a good segue because we're about to watch this beloved classic anime that neither of us wants to watch anymore because we're not enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And it happens, especially with anime. Like, you know, there's there's good things and there's bad things inside of anime. I'm looking at you, Isekai. Um, but it's one of those things that, like... It, Wait, is it, it a comes good thing up, or is it a bad thing? Maybe we'll never know. You'll, the world may never know. Um, anyways, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things that comes up a lot, especially inside of the anime world, where, like, people, um, they they pick almost like a like a political party inside of anime where it's just like if you don't like this thing i hate you and i'm yeah. just like accept everybody in everybody's here to play get over it yeah. it's like and it's not those everybody's people, like everything and sometimes yeah. there's a gas leak for a year and you just have to move on from that yeah and uh with all of that being said and uh the last thing that i am going to say on this is that I love it when people talk to us. I don't care if you're going to fight with us or argue with us. I'd like to talk to you about it. And if you have a valid criticism of something that's going on inside of the show, I want to hear about it. And I'm going to have a conversation with you about it. I'm not just going to put you down because I tend to think of things when you interact with people online as a conversation between you and the other person. A lot of people take it as it's just a snippet in time and it's something that I can put away and never think about again. Um, and that is, I think, a sort of a balance backwards way to think about interacting with people online. You should interact with people like you were interacting with them face-to-face. -face. If I'm interacting with you face-to-face, -face, most of the time the things I'm saying online are the same things that I would say to you face-to-face. -face. Treat me that way, and I'll treat you that way for sure. Um, if you end up blowing up something and just like throw a fit and then don't want to listen to it, I might react in a different way, but I would also react that way in real life as well. Yeah, Anyways, I think, we got, I think said, we got a little hot in that response and it's not at the B stars person. Like I wanted to specifically uh, counteract, like they, they, they made the assertion that you can't 
understand a show when you're only a few episodes in. That is just not true. And that's not how we're going to operate. You know, you can have that opinion. Uh, I super disagree for a a litany of reasons. And we wanted to address that because, you know, that's we're not going to change. We're not going to watch you know, a full season of two anime every week in addition to our Friday episode watching. Like, we did, we just don't have the time for that. Um, mm. But, you know, it's also an unreasonable ask. Uh, but uh, in that question, they also said, you know, if you watched further, you're going to get X and Y. Uh, and then you did watch further and you didn't get, you know, you didn't enjoy the show any more than you already had. And when you got to the shonen aspects that were kind of missing from those first three episodes, they didn't do it for you. And you know what? They were still there. And there are definitely going to be people who do experience those things. So when you have those conversations with us, you know, we'll probably not be so hot next time. Uh, so sorry about that. But, uh, you know, those conversations, those disagreements, those telling us to go back and check it out, like, uh, that's a valuable stuff. So like, don't take this as a, you know, Oh, they didn't agree with that person. And then even after, you know, watching more, they still didn't agree with them. So I'm not going to bring up my thing. Like, you know, if you can't handle not being agreed with then maybe, but like, otherwise bring it up to us and we, we don't have to agree, but we can address it. And it, it yields what I think was an interesting conversation nonetheless. So yeah, uh, there's that. <laughs> Yeah. With all that being said, we do have episodes to cover this week. We are back with Hunter x Hunter. Um, So I will say that I I think I enjoyed these episodes a lot, and I don't know how Blake feels about them. But anyways, let's find out what previously happened on Hunter x Hunter. Hunter x Hunter is a world in which there are these people named Hunters. They are super anime dudes who can go... Well, they're not all dudes, but they can all go through... Well, you know what? Dudes can be... Dudes not necessarily just, just guys. So they're super anime dudes, and they can all... Uh, do crazy cool anime stuff because you have to go through a super difficult, you might literally die sort of set of challenges to become a hunter. And then after you survive all of that and make it to the end, then you have to learn another secret set of skills that allow you to do cool anime shit. Our main character is a little kid named Gon. He's about 12 years old. Uh, he used to be super plucky and optimistic. Now he's become very dark because of something bad happening to a friend of his. Uh, that darkness made him push past his limits and end up in the hospital with the possibility that he will never be the same again. His bestie, Killua, is the sort of dark foil to him. Killua grew up in a family of assassins and along with that being taught how to be an assassin and how to, I don't know, withstand interrogation and stuff like that. His childhood was not like super blessed. So Killua is a much more darker, much more dark, much more reserved sort of uh, reflection of Gon. But uh, Gon and his friendship has really brought Killua out of his shell. Now that Gon is in a real bad way, Killua is determined to get him back to normal. And he has a super secret trump card, which is his little sister, right? Little sister, little brother. I think it's a sister. Mm, I don't remember. I wrote down she because I thought they said that in subtitles, but now I'm second guessing myself. His younger sibling, Alaka. Aluka is a weird little kid that's just kind of like a normal little kid, but then sometimes turns into a horrible demon monster. Aluka is, um, has a special power that seems involuntary, and Aluka will ask you to do things for them. Aluka will ask three things, and you have to do those three things. Uh, they could be pretty simple, like, hey, pat my head, pick me up, 
or they can be pretty heinous, like, uh, you know, give me one of the internal organs from your body. These three things are based around the power of the other half of Alika. Alika turns into Nanika. Nanika in the subtitles is frequently called something because that's more or less what Nanika means. And so Alika becomes Nanika. Nanika is a like, uh, you know, the ghost gem leader from Sword and Shield, or I guess just from Shield. Um, her Alika's face looks like that, just sort of like two black holes and for eyes and one black hole for a mouth and otherwise just like a white, you know, featureless void. Um, Nanika is, uh, instead of a cute little child is sort of like a monkey's paw wish granter. So Nanika can grant you whatever wish you want. Uh, and you'll get it. But, um, the monkey's paw comes in two forms. One reality will basically be shifted for you to get it. So, like, we see in a flashback in a previous episode that somebody wishes for a lot of money, and then money starts raining down from the sky. But it turns out that Nanika didn't make that money appear. It wasn't pulled out of nowhere. That money was from an airship carrying a lot of money that was suddenly warped from where it was to where uh, to being above those people, and then had a malfunction that caused all the money to fly out. So, like reality warps around Nanika to fulfill these requests, which is a little bit of a monkey's paw effect. But the second, much more important and much more dangerous monkey paw effect is that when Nanika then turns back into Alika, the requests, the three requests that Alika makes, will uh will be sort of weighted according to the difficulty of fulfilling the request that was made of Nanika. So whatever wish was granted, if it was an easy wish to grant, Alika will ask you for easy things like hanging out and being cool. And if it was a difficult wish to grant, Alika will ask you to basically kill yourself for Alika and give like organs and shit to her. And then if you don't do it, she will smoosh you. And <laughs> It, depending on how uh, heavy a price it might take to fulfill the wish that Nanika fulfilled, she will smoosh people close to you, people that you care about, people that you've interacted with a lot. Um, and we talked about this in some detail about like the conditions of who gets smooshed uh, in one of the previous episodes, but uh, the stakes are high. You might get smooshed and the people around you might get smooshed. So um, because of this, Gon intends to use Alika and Nanika to make a wish to revive Kilo or uh, sorry, Killua intends to use Alika slash Nanika to revive Gon and to heal the damage that he did to himself. Um, there's pretty much no other way to to reverse this process. So this is the only way out. And uh, part of the secret that Killua knows that none of his family of assassins knows is that uh Nanika can heal things, but she has to be close enough to touch the thing because healing is harder than destruction, which is a real metaphor for all you listening at home. And uh, in after healing the thing, because she's not destroying and because the the request is completely altruistic, there is basically no cost. She just has to take a little nap afterward. Nobody else knows this. I don't know why. It seems like revealing that information might really smooth some things over here. But uh, Illumi is Killua's older brother, 
also from the assassination family. Uh, he's a super creepy dude that has a very strange relationship with Killua, and he is worried that Killua is going to use Nanika to heal Gon, which is exactly correct, and that the consequences of that will be that she will ask things that cannot be fulfilled of Killua, and that Killua will be smooshed, and that because Illumi is part of Killua's family, he too will be smooshed. And so uh, he does not want to be smooshed. And so he's going to try and kill Aluka before that can happen. And uh, he's besties with Hisoka, the super creepy, mildly pedophilic clown guy. And uh, they're going to be working together against Killua in this episode. Um, There's also an election plot that has graciously become something of a subplot here. Um, basically the leader of the hunter association, the governing body of hunters was killed recently. They're trying to replace that leader and they are doing it through arduous democracy. And, uh, Jing is Gon's father. He's part of the group that's in charge of the election. And he is also Gon's estranged father. Gon became a hunter to try and meet his father and his father has thus far eluded them. And then Leorio is one of Gon and Killua's early on friends that then went off to do his own thing. Um, and they're going to be around in the election subplot. And that, that, I think, sums it all up. Cool. This episode is 140, Join X and X Open Battle. This episode is all about having long phone calls with people and then not accepting that you should talk to the other person on the other line. So, uh, while riding around, uh, Killua, first and foremost, is going to uh, be told that he has to be accompanied by these bunch of butlers. Uh, the butlers uh, of the Zaldak family are all super duper powerful. Um, and they are going to be uh, accompanying them. Um, the thing that we talked about inside of the opening credits of this where somebody ripped off a fingernail is one of the older butlers, this old giant woman, um, and she's like, uh, she gets asked to rip off a fingernail and give it to Aluka, um, and she's just like, yeah, sure, and then she's just like, bye, and then she basically <laughs> just pieces out. Yeah, um, this is a <laughs> trick because Aluka, once she starts asking something for things, there's going to be three things, but the ask is going to only go to that one person so semi lottery rules apply here where it's not clear that you can just like trigger alika doing this so you have to be kind of careful um but yeah they're they're all talking about the trip they're going on and then subane gets picked that's the the big grandma and uh she's like okay well i got picked so that means that alika won't ask anybody more questions but i cannot stay around here or who knows what it's going to be after this one fingernail. So she she pieces out while warning them that she's going to be close enough to follow them from afar and keep eyes on them without being close enough to get asked for more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, then Leorio and Morel, uh, they have long phone conversations with, uh, I think it's <laughs> Goto. Um, yeah. And and uh, it, what is basically going to happen inside of this phone conversation is that there's um, like some back and forth to find out where and when they can go to heal Gone inside of this hospital. Uh, Leorio's reaction is always the most extreme at all points at all times. Um, he is really living on like, you know, full on cocaine mode. Um, <laughs> while um, while everybody else is just relatively cool, Morel is immediately just like, let's just move everything outside. And they're just like, okay. And then we're like, okay. And then um, the, from then and on. Moving everything outside too is like such a good solution because they're they're trying to keep the secret that Aluka is like an omni-powerful wish granter 
a, mm-hmm. a secret because, you know, that would be a power that would be misused uh, if falling into the wrong hands. And so this is a big deal. That's why the butlers are with Killua. And they're like, okay, well, in order for us to heal Gon, Gon has to be the only one in the hospital. And they're like, we can't move out, everybody. And Leorio is like yelling and is just like, you're crazy. Like, we can't move everybody out of here. There are patients. We can't move everyone. And then uh, Morel gets on the phone and is like, you know, we're going to set up a tent. Gon's going to be in the tent. Nobody else will be there. You'll be able to drive in and out. Like, you'll be fine. And I'm just like, it's just the contrast between the two of them is so great. Yeah. And oh, then by Goto the way, you said this like... in the beginning. I also enjoyed these episodes. There's a lot that I am still frustrated by with the series, but this feels much more like that kind of like classic pre-Chimera Ants Hunter X Hunter that I liked so much. Or maybe early mm-hmm. Chimera Ants. Uh, it, it's just getting back into like the cool stuff that I'm here for. Uh, while still really holding on to some plot points that are just goddamn awful. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so the uh, the funniest part that happens, though, is that Goto is just like, by the way, in the future, uh, let me just speak with Morel as a contact. And they're like, <laughs> yes, please. Um, and then um, and then uh, Leorio is just, you know, while on his coked up rage is just like, I got to go do something else. And so he runs out of there. He, he runs out of there and he goes to the election board and he's just like he punches Jing in the face, which makes him a super popular popular candidate yeah he specifically Um, punches jing in the face using nen this is the first time we've ever seen him use nen the last time we saw him was after all the other characters learned about nen and he did not seem to know what they were talking about and now it turns out that he is able to basically create a portal and send a mr fantastic punch through that portal so that's pretty cool yeah and he does that to gon's father specifically he is mad at gon's father because gon is in the hospital nearby and Jing has not gone to see him and Jing is like, well, that's what happened. And so he punches yep. him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That leads into episode 141, Magician X and X Butler. Um, this episode is really about two things. Uh, first and foremost, it's about Illua, uh, Illumi calling Killua and just being so mean. He's just like, uh, not only is, uh, is, is that not our family member, it is a thing. And I I am not allowed to kill family members, which means that I will kill that thing that you are traveling around with. Killua takes this very personal because this is his sibling and he loves the the sibling sibling. he clearly has the best relationship with. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very frustrating. And it's one of those things that like really sets Killua off. He gets into full on murder mode. Um, but there's not enough uh, time to talk about it because Alumi is just like, okay, I'm going to throw all the people driving all the cars controlled by mind spikes. Um, at it is you too as fast soon and as too possible. furious. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is, it, it, it turns into like a, a full on monster car rally race. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, Um, driving up hills and shit, and, like, their cars are definitely souped up because the other cars are, like, falling away from loss of momentum plus gravity, and then, like, one truck that's carrying all these beams, like, slams into them in such a way that the beams skewer their car. It's wild. Yeah, it's really cool. This has definitely been in one of the Fast and Furious movies, like, probably shot for shot. Yeah, Uh, that leads into really the last moment of this episode. There's a lot of pacing stuff inside of this episode and a lot of cool car chasey moments. Yeah, also, why Um, is this episode called this instead of the next one? 
I know. I had a question too, but whatever. Um, anyways, uh, uh, Killua uses Godspeed and escapes uh, carrying his sibling. Um, and the butlers are attacked by Hisoka and Goto, uh, Goto is volunteered to stay behind. And he's like, I'm going to fight Hisoka, which leads into episode 142, Needle X and X Death. <laughs> this episode has a crazy <laughs> fight sequence that is between Goto and Hisoka. Look it up. It's fantastic. It's and really it's good. Fantastic. It's also like two minutes. Yeah, it's mostly fantastic because Goto's ability is very cool. Hisoka's ability is also very cool. But the biggest problem with it is that the chasm of power levels is massive. Hisoka is way, way more powerful than Goto. And because of that, um, Hisoka is just able to use all of Goto's abilities against him, which is a his ability to shoot out coins really fast from his thumbs. He just like flicks them off real, real fast. Um, Hisoka has a like bungee gum um, where he can absorb force and then shoot it back at you. He can also attach himself to you. Um, he ends up uh, decapitating Goto at the end of this fight um, yeah, in a it, super brutal way. The fight has a really good back and forth, though, because Goto's not a character you've seen fight before. His powers seem strong and dangerous. It's definitely the kind of power that, like, if Hisoka makes a wrong move, he will be killed even if he's stronger. And we don't know if he's stronger. These are the butlers of the Zoldic family, who the older Zoldic members have been shown to be extremely strong and dangerous, and arguably at the level of Hisoka, thereabouts. Maybe stronger, maybe not as strong, but like in that kind of range. So what what we don't know is how they're how strong their butlers are, but we've gotten the impression that they are strong enough to have earned a butlering position, which is basically a bodyguard position from this family of super strong assassins. So you don't really know how it's gonna go at the beginning of the fight. Um, and both characters are shown in characters who are in control the whole time. So nobody is like clearly losing ever. And there's also a couple of moments of back and forth. This is just a very good kind of classic shonen battle where characters are using wild anime powers in a sort of mind game way. Like the fight is a mind game and somebody wins. And it's just mm. good. And it's a brief fight. I don't know if you can find it. If you can, it will eventually end up on the YouTube playlist of good fights because this is it's a It's definitely fight. findable. Yeah. Okay, well, you can find okay. it and you should. So the next thing is that uh, old lady turns into old motorcycle lady <laughs> and uh, they are able to drive off with uh, Killua, um, it, which leads yes! into... Uh, which it leads into a shell game, one of which is a gigantic airship. Uh, Illumi is, uh, is, is convinced by this and chases the airship. Um, it turns out that that was a ruse. And no, they send out uh, a lot of airships. Yeah. Um, um and he is not going to follow the right ones. It's a it's a whole shenanigan and um, and this uh, last part uh, is about the election. Uh, it's not super important yeah, because it's seen, about. I think this is the last episode I saw when I initially watched the series. So I think the next one I had never seen before. And then, um, yeah, there's this election thing with these three characters that we have never seen before this episode. And they are suddenly like the anti-chairman faction. So like, you know, the chairman Netero who was killed and who's being replaced, they are theoretically 
going to kind of go against his philosophy or his goals or whatever. But except then they're like, well, that's not us at all. That's just a misnomer. And I'm like, these are probably like, this is probably a commentary on like politicians lying and sort of like saying the opposite of what they want to do, which is not true of all politicians, but is a sort of common experience with politicians, uh, you know, writ large. And so I thought that was interesting. But on the other hand, like the election is boring. I wish we didn't have to watch any of it. I'm glad that these episodes don't focus on it. And here are some new characters in an election arc that already introduced 11 cool new characters that we already haven't gotten enough of. And now I have to learn three more suddenly in the middle of it. No, thank you. Yeah, they are against the uh, the Netero faction beforehand. They are against the election. They are basically like uh, they are against government, basically. Yeah, and they're and trying to pool two- votes. So they're, they're all three yeah. popular and they're trying to say anybody that supports one of them should vote for a specific one of them so that they can kind of, you know, win that way. Yeah, and that again, takes it's us interesting our- if we were watching a political drama, and we're not, and it, it needs to stop trying to be one because it's doing a poor job of it. Yeah, that takes us into episode one forty three, Sin X and X Claw. Um, this episode is all about uh, everybody trying to chase Illumi and Hisoka. What the fuck Illumi is this title Hisoka. about? I, I don't know. I, is there I, a claw was- in this ever? <laughs> I was confused by it too. There's a I I I tend to think that some of these just got mixed up, but they were at the end of their run, so they were just yeah. Like, they're just like it. there's five episodes left. Just put some words together, put some X's between them, and let's move on. Yeah. Um. So uh, a bunch of people are sent to apprehend Alumi and Hisoka. They are not a match. Um. Killua um decides that he is going to land, but he gets trapped. Um. Uh, Alumi. Uh, there's uh, the big thing that's going to happen inside of this episode that you really need to know about. Number one, the anti-chairman person gets murdered. Hisoka's yeah. just like, I, I don't care about this. I don't, I don't care enough, but he, he I does do get like murdered people in a delightful way, which is he sticks a card in the door. And then the next thing you see, the dude is just dead. I'm like, yeah. Hey there, you're done. <laughs> and I'm also like, Hisoka is all of us because I was not about to get invested in this fucking person. Um, also, the, so the, the, this guy is one of the, the anti-chairman trio set, helps to coordinate this group of hunters. And I guess you're supposed to be led to believe that these are maybe mercenaries and not all hunters. But like everybody is killed off screen in a way that se- makes it seem as that they never had a chance. And I'm like, the Hunters Association seems to be like absolute horse shit out of the characters that we have seen. And like, I don't know, this is, this kind of comes up in Shonen anime every once in a while where it's like, this is a world full of powerful characters, except none of the characters that aren't main ones are powerful. And so you're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. This just kind of exacerbated that thing for me. It's a little bit like all the Jonin in Naruto's village are just like fodder for whatever the villain of the day is, unless they are the named Jonin that we've met before. And you're just like, are these supposed to be at the same level and they are but you wouldn't know it if the show didn't tell you outright and this felt like one of those situations but just like particularly egregious for me for some reason yeah the the last thing that's going to happen which is uh arguably more important is that uh the old lady is un uh she it turns out that she was leading alumi to them the whole time um and but she didn't know she it. 
She was an unwitting plant. Um, She's and- not a bad person. She's just a person that turns into vehicles. Like, uh, I wrote this down in my notes earlier, and I have to bring it up. It is exactly the fuck like that Rick and Morty episode where they're running, and Rick is like, Morty, Morty, you have to turn into a car. He's like, what? It's like, I get, I slip some nanites in your blood, and you can turn into a car. You just have to think about it enough. And then, like, he's like, oh, no, just, just kidding. There's a taxi here. Forget it. And then, like, in the end credits, he does turn into a car. It's that joke played straight is her whole power. And I love it. Yeah. I, I think the last thing though, that we need to know about this is that, um, uh, she is going to show up and, uh, because she has showed up, um, and Aluka is there, Aluka is going to be able to turn into Nanika and, uh, Killua and Alumi are going to, uh, Face off in a in a battle moment, but before they actually do, Killa was like, "Screw it! I don't know why I was hiding this, anyways. I'm just gonna wish for the healing." And uh, then he's just like, "Alumi, if you try to hurt um, Nanika at this time, you will probably get hurt. So don't do it." And Alumi is just like, "I don't know, but I'm wary of this. I've been yeah. told to be wary of this. I know well, he- I should be wary of this." The family knows rules and Killua knows more rules. And one of the rules that the family knows is that when she grants a wish, Aluka will then punish uh, the next person with those questions if the wish was too hard to grant. And we know that curing gone of an otherwise uncurable ailment will be, there's going to be a heavy price to pay. And if the person being asked doesn't pay that price, then they will be smooshed and there will be a chain of smooshing that will lead and probably smoosh the entire Zoldic family. So in his mind, the rules as he knows them will result inevitably in the death of Killua himself and all, all the people around them uh, and probably like a pretty high body count. But Killua now reveals that there is a secret extra addendum to that rule, which is that when Alika's power or when Nanika's power is used to heal, there is no blowback the uh all all alika does is fall asleep for a little while and that's it so instead of exacting a cost for granting the wish because the wish was specifically to heal there will not be a cost and illumi didn't know that before and that is the main reason why he was trying to kill alika and so he's like i think i'm gonna let you off this time with the warning but he also knows that there's another rule which is whoever made the last wish can't make the next wish. And Killua just made a wish in front of him and is on his way to make a subsequent wish. And so Illumi is kind of like, I, now that you're not going to definitely kill me, I will not stop you, but I this is not over because you're still hiding something from me and I don't like it. Yeah. Anyways, that's our coverage for this week. Stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. 
Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Biz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind Podcast Network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're releasing our KumoriCon panel special where we cover Trigun Badlands Rumble. Yeah, you get to travel in time with us to live a random moment from our past. Are we going to a movie theater? What's a movie theater? In the past, there was a place where people went together inside of a giant space and sat right next to each other, breathing each other's air. Don't freak Ugh. out. Don't freak out. Ugh. <laughs>